This may not be what the creators intended, but like, it can't be an accident that this is in there. Look, I remember it fondly because it had dinosaurs, <laughs> but I remember it unfondly for every other reason. The Black Donnelly's is pure gold, and you guys are wrong. Joey Ice Cream uh, for president. I'm just saying that Selfie belongs in the Criterion Collection. Is it working? Uh, <laughs> no, never, never has anything worked for me in my life, Ronnie. <laughs> Welcome to Ending Pending. I'm your host, Andy. I have many brothers and sisters who live in the ground, and I'm Evan. I'm going to Germany for safety reasons, and I'm Ronnie. If you can tell by those introductions, Ending Pending is a podcast where we discuss television shows which have only lasted for a single season. We're currently covering Amazon's Danger and Egg. But before we get into that, I have a bit for us. I'm prepared. What's the bit? Uh, 2021. I don't want to talk about time or the nature of time or the passage of linear time. (laughs) Too bad. Uh, 2021 is almost over. Mm -hmm. And uh, this might be our last episode of the year, I think. So I just thought it'd be fun to maybe like pick a thing you've done that you're proud of and you want people to check out maybe, or maybe not check out. I don't know. Maybe just a thing you've done that you enjoyed, uh, because this year sucked. And, uh, I think if you made it through, you've probably done something that matters and is cool and you should appreciate about yourself. I know we we uh, gave a lot of shit to twee ukulele players uh, while we watched Crashing, but I'm getting pretty damn good at the ukulele, and I I'm enjoying the hell out of it. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm uh, I'm taking it to a little carol sing on Sunday, and uh, I have learned uh, "Tis the Damn Season" by Taylor Swift, which is I'm considering it a Christmas song because it's called "Tis the Damn Season." Um. And yeah, I'm like jamming. I'm like really like feeling it. It's getting me back into music because guitars are large and unwieldy. And I, you know, remember how to play mostly, but I would have to spend time to get into it. And I've never gotten real good at the piano. Uh, So this little four string beauty, it's uh, it's carrying me through. It's getting me back into the, into the groove. Is there a particular song that you have learned recently that you are like into um i like uh it's another taylor swift song called uh champagne problems um and it's fairly simple but it is using finger picking um which just means that you don't strum all the strings at once you kind of like individually like pluck the strings in order um, which is really hard to do on a standard guitar because there's six strings for me to pick the wrong one. But on a ukulele, only four. And uh, like I said, simple song. The the one chord progression kind of carries you throughout, but it like sounds exactly like the track. And it just like it looks impressive, too. 
Um, so, so that's what I've, I've been going around the house, just singing champagne problems. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's awesome, Ronnie. Thanks. What about you, Evan? Oh boy. Mm, I haven't done a lot that I've like shared outwardly besides like the podcast I do with you fine folks. Um, I mean, I you know. you did start a whole podcast this year. I, I did. Yeah. I mean, of course, but we talk about that a lot. Sure. I feel like, sure. you know, we, we plug my podcast on here all the time. This is not a, you can still be proud um, of it if that's no, your thing. I mean, I am. I'm just trying to come up with something a little bit different to congratulate myself for. Did you write a fanfic? I have been, I mean, I didn't write a whole fanfic. I have been writing some fanfic. Are you proud of that? Yeah. I am. Do you know why? Why? Because fanfiction is good, actually. Oh, snap. Um, I, uh, I did a cosplay this year, and I am proud of that. It was for Halloween, but it's still a cosplay, and it was pretty simple, but I enjoyed doing it. So I'm proud of having done that. I, I hadn't I uh, hadn't been doing cosplay because obviously the pandemic and you typically wear a cosplay in places that are not your house. So um, this is the first cosplay I've done in a while and it felt nice. It is very good, too. Thanks. You look great. Thanks. Very spooky. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Andy, what are you proud of? Of you? What, what, what are you proud of of you for? <laughs> um, this might be gauche because Evan just talked about how he didn't want to plug one of his other podcasts <laughs> but uh, I'm really really fucking proud of the James Pale saga on Good Neighbors like it's, good. it's really good our entire cast is really good and our producer is amazing. And I think everyone has different arcs where they shine. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, a lot of the emotional labor of that arc is uh, on me. And I'm really, really proud of how it turned out. And like, there's tiny mistakes in it that I wish I could go back and change and like redo. But um, that is the nature of like improv is you can kind of be like, oh, I wish I made a different choice here or there. But like, damn, I think it's uh, a really phenomenal story and I think it's got a great payoff and I'm really proud of it. Uh, It's episodes 30 through 37. And uh, I think think they're all bangers. Mm -hmm. Good neighbors in general. I'll, I'll I'll throw that in as something that I've worked on that has been uh, a ton of fun, huge blast. Um, really, certainly came into its own um, in the last calendar year. Um, and as far as you know, my work on it, um, and yeah, it's just an exciting project. Really, really fun stuff. Really excited to see what's coming next and what might be on on the docket in the future. Yeah, we're we're nearing the end and I'm uh I'm not sure how I feel about knowing that we are very close to mm-hmm. it ending. Um I mean, obviously you want things to end when they're ready, like I'd rather it end 
where Leland feels good about and uh, not drag it out until, you know, it loses its power. Mm-hmm. But uh, I also feel like there's a lot of story left and uh, I don't want to see it go. I happen to know that somebody um, who is on that show who uh, voices uh, Jude Traherne is a terrific writer. And I think that uh, writing about that character would be an excellent way to to continue that legacy could be a could be an exclusive on uh, the where they may radio Patreon. Who knows? Maybe. Yeah. 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 Sounds like the best thing we can do in these times is uh, is get back to to basics a little bit and things that get us get us back there. Not to say that what what you have done at all is basic, Andy, but. Evan, like you said, with with doing a costume that was a little bit simpler than than past and me playing an instrument that is uh, got less strings and and just getting back to, you know, even improv is like a. I wouldn't say it's it's like a a simpler form of acting, but like you said, you have to kind of take those choices as they come and just be happy with it and move on with it. Mm -hmm. So I think that's that's. So I think we handled this year the best way we possibly could. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's been uh, it's been rough out there, kids. It has, uh, and I don't think we've been shy about you know when we've been struggling with stuff. Uh, I don't think you could keep up a, fa- a facade of having it all together on a weekly podcast for very long. Yeah. Uh, nobody make any predictions about 2022. Nobody claim anything. We're not. We're, we don't. We can't handle any disappointment. Uh, so just uh, just 2022 doesn't exist until it exists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was gonna make like a simple prediction of just like this will happen because it definitely will. But even that, I'm like scared to say anything. No, there is no future. There is only this second, and right. now there's this second, and now there's this second. No, 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 no thinking about things. There's only us. There's only this. Forget regret. Um, all life is yours to miss. Is this a line from a musical? Um, I don't know what you're talking about, um, but I, I just know that there is no day but today. It's Ren. It's like the worst it could be. Yeah. But All right. Let's talk about let's talk about the show. We watched two two episodes, three storylines of Danger and Eggs. Evan, what what happened? What happened in these episodes? I'm gonna tell you what happened. Please tell uh, me. In twelve part one. Uh, Dee Dee and Philip find a cable that they believe connects to a zip line, an enormous lost zip line in the park, and they follow it into the woods, and there's lots of vines, and they get lost, and they're not sure if they're gonna find the zip line, and then Dee Dee has a, uh, an asthma attack. Is that the correct way to, and she, she, as, asthma, she's having asthma troubles, and her inhaler is empty, and uh, she, like she's in big trouble. And uh, the fastest way to get back home and get her help is to find the zip line and zoom all the way back. 
Uh, so Philip has to conquer his fear of doing stunts and being, uh, going fast and stuff so that he can save Dee Dee. He, he gets on the zip line and he puts her in his backpack and he zooms all the way back home, even though he's scared and he does it anyway. And he saves his friend. Um, episode 12, part two, um, there's, uh, an action movie, uh, uh, not skateboard. What's the word I'm looking for? Roller skate and, uh, an action movie roller skater named Trix Blixen, who is like Dee Dee's idol. And she comes to visit their town because it turns out, uh, Dee Dee's dad, who's also like a well-known stunt person inspired her. And she came to this town to be inspired by his stunts because uh, she's about to, like, film a new movie or something. And so uh, Dee Dee and Philip start hanging out with her, and Trix is real impressed by Philip's, uh, like, safety knowledge and safety precautions, and he sets up some stunts for her to do, and she's like, wow, Philip, safety is so important, and you're so good at safety. Do you want to come to Germany with me to film my next movie? And Dee Dee gets very jealous because Trix is her idol, and she wants to hang out with Trix in Germany. So Didi feigns an interest in safety to try to convince Trix Blixen that uh, she's the, the one who should be going to Germany to be on Trix's safety team. Uh, but Didi is not especially good at doing safety, and uh, she finds it very tedious and unpleasant. And she realizes that she just has to be herself and do the stunts and let Philip handle safety because that's what he loves and does best. And she can't lie to her idol just to get what she wants. So uh, Philip declines the invitation to Germany so he gets to stay with Dee Dee and uh, everybody's good friends. So the last episode was Philip learning to do danger and this episode is Dee Dee learning to do safety even though she's not very good at it. Philip wasn't very good at danger either, but, you know, it's, it's, uh, they're, they're coming, becoming closer friends through learning about each other's interests. Um, episode 13 is the only all-one-story episode. There's no part A and B. It's called Chosen Family. Uh, there's a festival at the park with a lot of rainbows. I don't believe they ever actually call it a pride parade. I was listening or a pride festival. I was listening for that phrase. I don't think it ever happens, but, um, uh, in the middle of this event, uh, the, you will remember from previous episodes, the patch of grass where it says, keep off the grass, because if you fall into the grass, you'll fall into the underdark, which is full of underdark creatures. It's, um, it looks, it's, it's like the, the little kid version of the, of the upside down from, uh, Stranger Things. Uh, yeah, so that thing, uh, Philip and Dee Dee reach into it to grab some weird plants to make into costumes, and, uh, this alerts a, like, a, a secret government task force who's been guarding the, the underground portal to the upside down and they're like what the heck we have people interacting with the upside down with the secret eldritch horror underdark realm uh can't have that and so 
the the this secret government organization uh tries to they they go after uh Philip and Dee Dee trying to like get these plants back and they realize as part of this that uh Philip is himself from the underdark upside down parallel dimension and so is his mom and that's why Philip and his mom are the only like non-human people around, you know, like he's the only egg person and his mom's the only giant chicken. Turns out it's because they're some kind of science, uh, uh, thing, some kind of science project gone wrong and they've escaped from the, the underdark way, way long time ago. Uh, so this organization insists that Philip has to go back to the underdark because he's a security breach and they can't have underdark creatures interacting with the regular world. So Philip uh, is hesitant, but he goes because he, uh, he wants to understand where he's from and get to know his people. And uh, he, he does make friends with the, the creatures in the, the underdark. They're scary and weird looking, but uh, they're not really harmful. So he makes friends with them. And in the meantime, uh, the the secret government task force is trying to scoop his mom back into the underdark, and uh, it's it's not going well. Like the chicken is very big, and I don't know how she got out of here in the first place. Maybe she was smaller back in the day, but uh, they're trying to push her into the hole in the ground. And Philip is rallying with his uh, his new cousins from from the underdark. Uh, to try to stop his mom from being harmed. And in the process of doing all this, the, the secret government organization, instead of pushing Philip's mom back into the Underdark, they, they sort of bust a hole in the ground and let all the Underdark creatures out. And uh, they just all live here now. And also Philip has a, an egg brother who was, I guess, like lodged under the mom this whole time. But yeah, he's got another egg brother to be friends with now. And also, uh, like, the status quo has changed because these Underdark creatures are just, like, in the world now. And that's it. And that's it. Uh, mm-hmm. We watched two episodes, uh, the final two episodes of Danger and Eggs, and you know I gotta ask it. Hey, Andy. Hey, Ronnie. These two episodes of Amazon Prime's uh, uh, Danger and also Eggs, did they work for you? Um, I think I feel about the same as I have in that uh, I am not the target audience for this show, but I can uh, appreciate what it's trying to do. I think I have more complicated feelings on these two episodes, but yeah, I think I think it still works. Cool, cool, cool. Hey, Evan. Yes, Ronnie. These two episodes of Amazon Prime's Danger and Eggs, did they work for you? Um, I think that the, like, since about, um, I'm going to say, like, approximately somewhere in episode nine, They've been pretty good. So um, I think there's I think these last couple of episodes worked. Uh, I wouldn't say the whole series works, but uh, 
I think these last couple worked for me. Ronnie. Yeah. Ronnie. Yeah. Did. These. Two. Two. Adventures. Of. Arts. <laughs> did, did these two episodes of, uh, of uh, Danger and Egg work? Avengers of Farts is a fun. That's yeah. that's just good. That's just good fun. Um, yeah, yeah, I think they did. Um, I'm I'm like trying to like. <sighs> I enjoyed it. Did I enjoy it very much? I don't know, but like, I've seen other cartoons in this oeuvre that I have enjoyed very much. So maybe like it also might just not be for me, but I still enjoyed it. I have complicated feelings, but not like super complicated. Complicate like complicated in the sense that like it's not going it's not going to bother me. I could put the I could put these feelings to bed. But also, it was a fine show. Um I I have like a rant I need to go on in between the positives and negatives. Sure. Okay. Sure. Well, uh, and I have been like meditating on it, and I don't think I have it marinated all the way. But I'm just gonna like spew words into this microphone. But specifically between the positives and negatives. Love it. Love it. Love. I love that. That's that's what we call a, uh, a, a a sneak preview in the business. Stick around. I love, I love when I get warned about a hot take. Yeah. 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 Ooh, I don't I, know if it's, I don't know if it's a hot take. Let me just, I'm a, I'm, a little, I'm a little chilly over here. Let me just warm up on the heat radiating off this hot take that I can already feel. Um, they had a pride. They had a pride uh, thing. They did. They, they did. They, they did call they, it. They did say happy pride. I don't know if they called it like a pride festival or something like that, but they. Okay. Yeah. I, they, I, they kept calling it the festival. Yeah. And I did not hear the word pride mentioned once. I, and I was pretty sure that that DD goes around and, and says happy pride. I I believe you. Uh, I didn't I didn't hear it. And I doubt I was, you, Ronnie. I, I doubt you. Like I, I was <laughs> like. Because part of, oh, I don't want to, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll do the positives first. Yeah, let's, let's positives talk positives. first, positives first. Yeah. Um, I have seen, as a child of the 90s, I've seen many movies where a character in a moment of triumph or in a moment of, like, boldness or bravery throws their inhaler away. And then they kiss the girl. Or they throw their inhaler away, and then they punch the bad guy. Or they throw their inhaler away, and then they, like, do a shot of whiskey. And this show, to have Dee Dee, who is, like, the most badass kid character ever. She's a badass girl who does badass things. Like, use her inhaler regularly. Talk about having asthma. And then to have an episode all about, like, her needing her inhaler and it not being shown as shown as like a bad thing or a character flaw or like something to overcome. It's just like she needs an inhaler and she forgot it this episode by accident. And like the episode ends with like a bunch of people like offering her 
their inhalers. And then she's like, all right, I'm ready to like go on the zip line again. Like I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I agree. And this wasn't the first time the, the inhaler came up. She's definitely used her just in like throwaway moments. She's, she's had little like (laughs) moments like in between other things. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I appreciate that. She, uh, I think to your point, like other, other shows would use like, her not have using her inhaler inhaler as like a toughness thing, but she that is very much not what's happening here. This whole episode worked very well for me. This this storyline, I will say, mm-hmm. um, it was it was simple. You know, uh, Philip was not did not want to go on the zip line. Um, Philip did not want to go on the zip line. Uh, DD needed help, and then Philip went on the zip line. That like that it basically boils down to that. It's a very very simple premise that completely um, showcases the like symbiotic relationship that Dee Dee and Philip have um, much like we've talked about. They are, they are helping each other. Uh, they are, they are very much there for each other more than they are just tropes. Um, it, it really feels like they are story wise intentionally created for each other. Um and this show, this episode just really was a was a perfect perfect send up of why that that uh that works so well. Uh, I like on the side of Dee Dee's helmet it says "Danger D Danger," implying that her first name is also Danger. Mm-hmm. Like that, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's very good. <laughs> um, and uh, I do like uh, I do like the the horrifying upside down underdark. Thought that was fun. Like that it came back. <laughs> Thought that was a neat little little thing. I also, in general, uh, thought the pacing was better yeah. on these. Like specifically these last two. Like the two stories in episode twelve did not feel frenetic. It felt like they knew what they were going to say. They told their little story, and they didn't have a lot of like side quests or beep plots along the way to distract them and like it, it felt cohesive. Mm-hmm. So I was able to really track everything that was happening. It was, I feel like these and some of the like preceding ones, like I said, since about episode nine, the show has felt pretty good. So it, it seems like, I don't know if they hit their stride after a while or if these were like the first ideas they had and they like saved them for the end. I, I'm not sure, but these last handful of episodes feel like they have a little bit of a different character to mm-hmm. them and they feel cleaner and more straightforward. And like, that's for sure a good thing because the, you know, the environment's still bright and colorful. It's still like a very engaging show, like visually, you know, but uh, it just doesn't feel so exhausting to watch them because the pacing's better and the stories are tighter in these ones. Yeah, I felt, um, Similarly, the the uh, the message, I feel like I've talked a couple of times about how I feel like some of the tone of the show, some of the, like the messaging is going over my head, which like it certainly was like last time y'all had uh, far more to to bring to the table than I did when it came to some of the things they were trying to say. Um, this one, it, it. It was not dumbed down any. I, I would never say that, but like. It is. I got it. Like the the, the message was clear yeah. of of episode of the final episode. 
what the the you know secret government captain was was doing and and like we need to hide this stuff underground where it can't affect literally so it won't scare my dog um mm-hmm. and it uh it, it more, more goes into play with what you're talking about Evan it just felt very cohesive very um just uh graceful i would say gracefully written it just kind of everything folded one into the other instead of relying heavily on uh just wild outside the box transitions and things like that in order to 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 make a point um not to take away from things that are more metaphorical but yeah i don't think that this was dumbed down either and i don't think like there was like clearly there was a lot of metaphor in here Mm -hmm. also i just think they were uh like cleaner better executed metaphors than in prior episodes um because having a having a message that is comprehensible to the audience is not dumbing something down that's just streamlining your storytelling so i i liked that about these episodes they were uh much more uh digestible and easier to watch and you know the the point of them was clear Mm -hmm. for i mean there's only there's only so much you can get across in 11 minutes Mm -hmm. right so trying to do too much is only gonna like detract from the important stuff there were a ton uh, specifically, Philip had like a ton of lines that I like laughed out loud at that were just like very good. Um, and like, I can't I think maybe that might be one of my problems with the show, not problems, but things that like keep me at arm's length a little bit is I can't really remember many of them. They're not like super quotable, but in the moment, in like the very specific world of the show in the very specific character of Philip, they just land really, really well. Um, Philip is amazing. Philip's so good. Excellent character. Um, DD is also very good, but Philip is just like, you know, it, it it makes the show. They, uh, there's, there's some, some real, like, as far as like, inseparable sidekicks there's some real like calvin and Hobbes, yeah energy to them like i cannot picture one without the other they're very good yeah yeah they they, they, like it is very they were written not as foils to each other but they were written as compliments to each other um i i I, you know it, it just and it works really really well Um, there's lots of other stuff, but like we've, we've talked about some of the stuff that is good and some of the stuff, um, I don't, I don't know what you were going to talk about Andy. So I don't want to, yeah, I'm like, kind of, okay. I'm desperate to hear Andy's okay. rant. I'm waiting for yeah. it. Maybe, so maybe, maybe we could sprinkle in some good things if, if they didn't come up, um, well, in Andy's rant. That, that, that's why this needs to be in between positives sure. and negatives. So, like, the last episode is very clearly a pride parade. Uh, it is, throughout the episode, I will say, 99% of the time just called The Festival. Which I thought was really weird. Mm-hmm. Because there is a character who is 
trance, like, like, like very blatantly like talks about how she's not the new kid in class, but she's new to being a girl. And like, she sings a song about it. And, um, there's rainbows everywhere and there's pride flags everywhere. I noticed a trans an ace and like the classic rainbow pride flags. Yeah. Um, and one of the characters, uh, the, the mean millionaire character has two dads, mm-hmm. uh, who are wearing like rainbow ties. Um, so like, I think all of that is really cool and, and good. And it's like very blatant representation that I think is handled well in the context of this show. So I, I, I looked, I looked up if they ever used the word pride in the episode and they don't Amazon wouldn't let them really. Yeah. So that's, that's where we're getting. Yeah. So I, I I was right to doubt you, Ronnie. I knew they didn't use the word pride. I'm looking, I'm, I'm, I'm not listening to it. I have the subtitles on. Uh, happy pride. It says it in the episode. Yeah. Happy pride squirrel. Uh, it says, quote, she noted that it, she noted that the over queer themes and elements of LGBTQ culture driven by a queer crew and cast was a hard fought battle with little arguments and battles and suspensions as the show was in production. For instance, she was told to use the term rainbow parade rather than use the word pride. All right. I'm just going to. Abandoned ground cup. So, like, it certainly is that. It, and and I will say this: that that's the last mention. To your point, like that is it does yeah. not come back up again. They do not use any words that are a part of like they don't say queer, they don't say gay, they don't say trans, they don't say anything like that. So, like, yeah, that, mm-hmm. and that is within the first ten seconds of the episode, and it doesn't come up again. And that's before they get to the actual. Pride Parade, yes. mm-hmm. which is a rainbow festival. It's not a Pride yeah. Parade. Um, so, like, I've just been meditating on, like, what does it mean to be queer? What does it mean to be visibly queer? What does it mean to make queer art? And, like, two things that have also come up recently was um, uh, in X-Men discourse, there's been a lot of heat around a queer comic writer, Teeny Howard, uh, writing a book where she has been very clearly trying to make two characters who are subtextually uh, queer women in a relationship and Marvel, for whatever reason, won't let her. And uh, she is the first in a long history of writers to try and get confirmation that these women characters are queer. And I think she's done amazing work within the realm of what she is allowed to do. And I think if you ship those characters, like it's a great book and they're very gay, even if they can't say those words, but uh, teeny has been getting a lot of flack from queer writers for not doing enough or for not fighting hard enough, or for uh, queer baiting. And it's like, guys, like, we shouldn't be eating our own over this. Like, Teeny is bisexual, 
Uh, it's clear that she cares about Rachel and Betsy and wants them together and is doing everything she's allowed to. And she's laying the groundwork for a future writer to like use that evidence and have an easier fight with the powers that be in the future. Um, so that's just something I've been thinking a lot about. And then like, I don't know who Harry Styles is. I know he's like a singer or something. Mm -hmm. And he, he, he seems to like be a cis dude who also likes to like fuck with gender presentation, which I think is rad. But I've seen like arguments and fights about whether it's okay for like a cis guy to like fuck with gender. And um, in some of that discourse, I saw someone argue that because Harry only wears it as a costume, it's wrong because he's allowed to take it off and then like wear male clothes. And like that somehow makes his like gender presentation like less valid. I hate the word valid, Uh, but like less okay. And I'm like, well, I wear male clothes like literally 95% of the time. Like, does that make my non-binary status less than because the vast majority of the time someone sees me, they'll just clock me as male because that's what's like safest and easiest for me to like go through the world wearing. Like, so I don't know if any of this is making sense in terms of Danger and Eggs and whether or not Danger and Eggs is a queer show. Like, there were tons of characters at this Rainbow Festival who I had clocked as thinking, like, oh, like, they read as pretty queer to me. And then they're acting extremely queer at this, like, very clearly queer festival, even if they can't call it a pride parade and even if they can't say the word gay and even if they can't like speak their identity into existence. But like, I don't know if someone listened to like one episode of good neighbors, would they know that June is queer? Like, I don't know. I think June is pretty fucking queer, but like, does that make, if you, if you only hear one episode, does that make that episode less queer as far as like queer art is concerned? So it's it's clear that the creators had an intent and it's clear that the producers and like the network had some issues with it. But I don't know. I don't know if any of this means anything. I've just been thinking a lot about it and my my brain is all over the place and I don't have like a fucking uh, thesis statement to like wrap it up nicely in a bow. But uh, know that Danger and Eggs and the X-Men and Harry Styles have been brewing in my brain as I try and, like, untangle this web of thoughts of, like, queerness and visibility and representation and what does it all mean. Yeah, I also have very complicated feelings about it. Um, and I also think it's unequivocally okay for Harry Styles to wear dresses if he wants to, and it doesn't matter what gender he identifies as, he can wear whatever he wants, and in fact, it's probably good for people to see, like, a cis dude wearing dresses, and maybe he's not cis, maybe he's a little bit fucky about his gender. Maybe he's figuring some shit out, yeah. Yeah, maybe he's figuring, let the man do what he wants, or let, whoever Harry Styles is, let him do what he wants. 
And again, um, I could not I, tell you one song that man sings. I do not know him. All I know is that people keep arguing about him, and I keep seeing it. Yeah. Let let the person live in peace. Go in peace, Harry Styles. Wear what the fuck makes you feel good. Yeah, you've been blessed by these queers, <laughs> Harry Styles. Live your life. Go out and live your life. Wear your dresses. Wear frilly underpants. Do whatever you want. Should I listen to his music? Is uh, it I good? Know. I don't know. It doesn't I don't matter. Know. That's not the point. Um, but yeah, it is deeply frustrating to watch a show where like, it's clear that the creators like wanted to make it way queerer than it is. And simply, it simply is not like, is there stuff in there? Is there queer stuff in there? Yes, there Mm -hmm. is like, there definitely is stuff, but it feels sidelined. And I know that that is not the creator's fault. I'm not in any way blaming the people who wrote the show, like the show runner, I, I understand that this was like suppression by like the network, but the, the end result is that this is frustrating to watch. And I know that it came out in 2017 and I know that it was like just the little bit they got in there was like very transgressive at the time. You know, it was four years it was, ago. Yeah, it was it was pushing boundaries at the time. And I get it. It just. It just is so frustrating to be like, this is all we get. This is, this is it. Like that, that's it. So yeah, it's, um, it, it sucks. And I know that like, it's, it's a net positive. It is like, it is a net positive to have, uh, like shows for kids with, uh, some, some queer stuff in them sparse though. It may be, it's a net positive, but, um, it really is like, it's hard to watch this and feel good about it. You know, knowing, knowing everything going on behind the scenes. I mean, you can even read into it the, you know, the, the government forces at the end of, of the season who want to kind of force everything underground that makes them uncomfortable, that makes them that yeah. kind of like gets on their other stuff and makes them uh, feel like it's okay wants to push that underground, push it down. Don't let it back up. Like you can very much read that as a like transgressive statement against the network itself. Um, sure. But the problem lies in, and again, this is not the fault of the creators. The problem lies in exactly what you said, Evan, the network won. Like this, mm-hmm. this is not called a pride parade. Like it, it it's yeah. hard to see this moral victory on the screen, knowing that the victory, like that they didn't quite, get there like I, they and they sure put every foot forward they could like the the there is uh, a bit, the trans character is great the trans character yeah. is great they they have a scene where um uh they're doing kind of like a interpretive uh stage production and a uh performer is putting marsha p johnson's uh, iconic flower crown like to rest over like a pool of water like which is like extremely like queer, extremely deep cut queer. And like, certainly not for the seven year olds watching this show. I don't know if they know their, their Stonewall history. Um, but like, it's like the pieces are there. The people who are doing this are clearly, clearly doing this with intent and are clearly trying to fit in every innocuous thing that they can. Um, but I know when I came out, you know, seeing people who felt the way I felt and who like I could see myself in was like 
a part of it having the words was the key having mm-hmm. yeah you know Say, saying it out loud is so important yes. it, it like and that's what really was extra frustrating about this because like yeah the the one guy has two dads and this one character uh like is uh presenting as a girl now and uh this un and like i was just waiting for somebody to say it i was like are we gonna are we gonna do like are we doing this guys are we saying the words out loud and nobody did. And again, yeah. it, like, I know we keep saying this. I understand that this was not the, the like writers or the showrunners fault, but it was, right. it was really a killer to just be like sitting there like, okay, we're waiting for it to happen. We're waiting for people to say the thing that they keep dancing around. What I think is, is really frustrating for me as, uh, as I've talked about many times on this podcast during COVID, I started the Claremont run and Chris Claremont was doing this shit in the seventies and like same sort of stuff, like same sort of, he cannot use the word queer, but he will use every visual signifier he can and every subtextual hint he can to let you know that these, like these characters are queer. And, um, those books are incredible they're also 50 years old now. And the fact that in 50 years, we still can't say it Mm -hmm. is, yeah, is a bummer. And, um, again, uh, every, like, every, every accolade to these writers and actors, like my hat goes off to them because they did, uh, an amazing job of getting as much in there as they clearly could. But, um, yeah, yeah. like when we're bitching here, I want to stress that, uh, yeah, I blame Amazon. I don't blame these writers and same with like, you know, as I talked about with Excalibur and teeny Howard hats off to teeny Howard. And we should not be eating our own by yelling at teeny for queer baiting because clearly she's not queer baiting. Like subtextual queer writing is transgressive and rebellious. It's not queer baiting. Queer baiting is, you know, the cowardly move that people do to hint at queerness with no I mean, intention it, of paying it off. And sometimes like being able to split those hairs is tough, but you know, I, I'm, I, 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 I think you can trust a, a, a yeah. fellow queer writer, you know, I want to point out that the first time I ever read the the word, I think it was just bi, not the word bisexual. The first time I ever read the word bi, like obviously in relation to someone's sexuality, was in the year 2015 in a comic book, in a Young Avengers comic book, uh, the Karen Gill and Jamie McKelvey run of Young Avengers. Year of Our Lord 2015 was the first time I saw a character refer to themselves as bi in a thing and uh that's just it, yeah. it just really blows and it was like it was surprising to me when i read it because i realized that i had never seen in any media and i'm not claiming that this is the first time any character has ever said they were by that i'm just saying like as an adult in my life and you get, i remember when it happened because it was like such a weird thing to see like a character say i'm by in print, like, can I just say God bless Kieran Gillen? Mm-hmm. 
What a what a saint. I, I know, love that man. Yeah, I know we've kind of gone off the the rails here. Sure. But um Well, to 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 bring it back, I will say, like much like I, I'm sure you are, Andy, and I am as well, I'm glad that Claremont still got to create that world despite not being able to use the words. I'm glad yeah. that this exists. I'm glad that the writers created this. I'm glad that I've had the opportunity to watch it and I probably will use it. Like I'll have Lila watch this as like a compliment to other things that we are doing and, you know, trying to teach her about, you know, the world and, and who she is and who, who I am and, and, you know, the, the people that are out there that she'll have the uh, amazing opportunity to interact with. Um, but it's a, it's a part of something larger. It, it's 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 got to be a compliment to something. It can't be the final thing, which is frustrating. Not not that anything should be the final thing in your your journey of self exploration or in uh you know learning more about who's out there. Um, but the fact that it it scratches the itch without fully locating you know that that part of me that I needed to figure out is 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 frustrating. But I'm glad it's here. I'm glad it's still something that we can we can turn to as a groundbreaking thing in, in 2017. I will say, and this is like a smaller complaint, like a smaller critique. I don't know if we're complaining, but uh, I do think the episode was a little undercut by its uh, storytelling in that the the point of the episode is like chosen family. I think that's even the title. Um. Mm-hmm. And the point was that like Philip only has his mom and he has a chosen family with Dee Dee and their fun magical friends in the park. However, Philip goes on this journey where he finds yeah. out that he has this massive family of these weird underdark creatures. And the episode ends with him having like a biological brother. Mm hmm. And, and a ton of biological cousins and stuff like that. Yeah. Like a huge, and huge family. He has a massive family. And uh, that, I think, it seems to me like maybe the idea was this Pride episode. And then they were like, oh, the, maybe the show's getting canceled. So we got to wrap up this Underdark story. And so then they kind of like shoved in this whole Phillips big family thing and uh i think it kind of weakens the point a little bit it does um, it does a bit of yeah. a wonder woman i will i will give you that for sure yeah i i agree with you there andy i do think that has happened a couple of times throughout this show where i thought they had like a clear metaphor that they were going for and then they undermine themselves a little bit and like the metaphor of the like we think these creatures are dangerous and we don't understand them and they scare us but actually they're colorful and magical and like helpful and friendly uh we don't need to keep them under underground they can come out into the park and like be part of our community that is you know in the pride episode uh you know very unsubtle metaphor and i think works but having them be related to philip and like love and accept him uh it it makes no sense with the chosen family yeah. uh, metaphor that was also going on. It would have made more sense if uh, the underground creatures accepted him, even though he wasn't from there or whatever, right. you know, yeah. 
they they could have found him, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if they had been his chosen family, that would have right. worked great. Yeah. yeah. Right. They, like, and that doesn't, uh, that wouldn't undermine the thing with Didi either, because yeah. you can add people all the time to your chosen family. So, you know, they could decide like, yeah, these underground creatures, uh, yeah, they're different from us, but they're, uh, they're good and we like hanging out with them. So they're our family now. And then he meets like basically an identical brother who like, I don't know if this was written prior to them being canceled or if they understood they were canceled at this point, but it's like, have to imagine a lot of season two would be exploring this relationship, which would then take away from the relationship with his found family, with DD and everyone else. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's just, it's, it's a strange thing. If not just to be like, all right, well we've tied up all the loose ends. Everything's finished. Like yeah. end, end of series. Everyone should read the Claremont run. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you should do like a, a comic story and ask uh journey through it. Other people have 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 done that. I, I cannot okay. compete with Jay and Miles. Sure. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's very gay. It's very very gay. It would be inappropriate of me to speculate on Chris Claremont's sexuality because he has uh, very vocally said he does not want to talk about it. But uh, other writers and artists that he was working with at the time have definitely talked about stuff and. Uh, I feel like that man has been on a journey. Um, I, I feel I, like. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead no, Ryan. you go ahead, Evan. No, no, no. I was just gonna say I. I feel like I've uh, I've got out all my feelings about this show. I feel like I've said all the things I need to say. Yeah, I. The only what I was literally gonna just say was I think that it's worth giving Harry Styles music a listen. It's very good. Oh, cool. cool. More his Check more his recent solo stuff than the One Direction stuff, but. Oh, is that where that boy is from? Yeah, he's he's a One Direction guy. Okay. He's like the like well not the because you know Zayn Malik is a big thing and and uh, Liam is, is. Were they the uh, year two thousand? No, so that's the Jonas Brothers. Okay. One Direction <laughs> is you don't know you're be- beautiful. That's what makes you beautiful. Oh, well, that's a bad message. Well, yeah, that's that's not their best, but <laughs> that's, no. that's that was one of their more popular uh, okay, would, play, okay. would play at the supermarket songs. Gotcha, gotcha. You don't know you're beautiful. Well, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. And so he's got a solo thing now. Yeah. It's and good. And he fucks, he fucks with gender. He fucks with I, gender. I he's, he writes him. good music. He dated uh, Taylor Swift for a little bit, though some of us think it was kind of a PR relationship. I won't get into it. Mm. Okay. Mm. Um, it was the 1989 era, and you know, you need yeah, some juice there. Right. Yeah. Um, speaking about not commenting on somebody's sexuality, uh, yeah, I, I, I agree, Evan. I think that that's that's the ball game on Danger and yeah. Eggs. Uh, I'm glad, I'm glad it exists. I think it was probably, uh, uh, pretty, pretty rebellious five years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a shame that we have not come further in the 50 years since. Yeah. Good old, good old Chris was giving us lesbians in comic books, but. And it's, and it's like also like uh, hard to, to stomach, like. Like, I know, like, well, well, I don't know. That's not necessarily true. I don't know if, if 
Like I know there was a lot of uh, queer representation on like She-Ra um, and uh, some at the end of like Adventure Time and, and definitely Steven Universe, of course. I was going to say I don't feel like we've come a long way since 2017 in this kind of things, but we definitely have. Um, not nearly far enough. I don't mean to say like, oh, we've we've yeah. crossed the room. We've done. Here. Uh, but We're, we've 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 finished with the queerness. Yes, we finished with we won the queer. How, how long ago did Cora and Asami walk off into that gay sunset? It's been a minute. Yeah, it's been a minute. Yeah, I don't want to take away from from what excellent creators and more supportive person teams have been able to accomplish. Um, Dragon Prince is hella gay. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's there there's stuff out there and like would some of those shows have been able to do what they did if not multiple creators taking risks and pushing for things with right networks who wanted to give as little ground as possible. Because it's not as if like I'm not saying like ooh like yeah. you know Dragon Prince uh, or, or like this show uh, D- Danger and Eggs had to walk so Dragon Prince could run, but there are real creators and animators and storytellers at the heart of Dra- Danger and Eggs who got the opportunity to go like right up to the line and are probably feeling the same frustration that we are, who then get to go on and like push even harder for the stories they want to tell and the things they want to animate and the, and the characters they want to see on screen. So it, it it's even though it's like it's it's not this like bellwether um for for television animation its impact certainly cannot be discounted uh you're wrong about did a great episode about stonewall and our obsession about like who threw the first brick Mm -hmm. and like we like to have a really neat story to tell and retell about exactly what happened and the truth is we don't know exactly what happened and we don't know who threw the first brick we just know some of the people who were there and you know their accounts of what happened and um i think you know we we want to be able to cleanly be like well this show did it first and then every show had a much easier mm-hmm. time afterwards and it's like mm-hmm. no that's not what happened it was lots of different creators pushing for progress and each step was a net positive to get us further and further and further along um just like everyone who has written betsy and rachel to bring it all the way back to excalibur has taken tinier and tinier and tinier and tinier steps towards confirming what chris claremont back in the 70s was trying to say (laughs) with those characters and by god marvel just will not let it happen uh but we're 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 almost there let these girls kiss. Can we get Chris Claremont to come on the podcast? Chris, if you're if you're listening, buddy, come on, come talk to us about a one season show. We'll do another X Men show. Hmm. There's surely something else out there. Like, yeah, there's like an anime, isn't there? An X Men anime. There is an anime that I yeah. do want to do at some point. We've done so much X Men. <laughs> Those poor X Men shows just keep getting canceled. I can't. I don't know what I don't know what it is about them. Not gay enough. Not letting Claremont do it. Um, this is this is this turned into a really really uh good episode. I was expecting just to like rip this bandaid off and be done, but I'm glad that we've had this conversation, these discussions. Thank you so much for sharing some of your experiences and and uh, 
and uh, just feelings about this stuff. What are we? Uh, what are we doing next? Do we know? Uh, we don't know. I think the next pick belongs to. Uh, is it a fan pick? Did I pick this? I might have picked this. I think you did pick I think this. You did, yeah. I did pick this. Next is a fan pick. So clearly, we are uh, undecided. We've had a suggestion uh, yeah. recently. I will point out. We yeah. did have mm-hmm. a suggestion, and that person is a Patreon mm-hmm. subscriber. Mm-hmm. 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 Not any anyone can make a suggestion, but mm, we do like to give give uh, scratch backs where backs are scratched. You know what I mean? <laughs> um. That's how the cookie crumbles. That's how the cookie crumbles. Uh, we'll uh, we'll get back to you on on the on the on the internets on the tweeters with that. Uh, you can follow us on those tweeters at Penning Pod. Uh, check out wheretheymay.com. I just bought a bunch of stuff uh, from our T Public store uh, because uh, shipping was a little high, and I wanted to make it worth it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, got myself a uh, Pride Force Friends t-shirt oh, hell yeah Woo-hoo. and uh and i got that one in like the soft tri-blend cotton mm-hmm. uh it's gonna be a very comfy shirt and i got myself a fan fiction is good actually in the purple can't wait to wear that around yeah it's gonna be we need an ending and pending shirt we do we do the we yeah we'll we'll listen 20, 2022 is going to be oh nope no predictions nope, uh, nope. we are going to continue doing what we're doing step by step day by day uh, and it may improve incrementally or it may not um uh where they may.com uh, patreon.com slash wtm radio I'm gonna put out a little like end of year wrap up and uh not any predictions but some things that will certainly be happening in 2022 that we'll be bringing you on the Patreon and on the network at large. I'll uh, do a little video on that for, for subscribers as a thank you. Um, I, I want to do a hot ones. Do a hot ones? Yeah, I want to do a hot ones. I'm going to be in what? your home not long. I don't know that I want to spend yeah. all of the, that time on the, on the toilet, but... Let's do a hot ones, Ronnie. Do a hot ones with I'll me. I'll do a hot ones. I don't. I'm not afraid of hot food. I am afraid of uh, the intestinal distress, but I've faced that fear many a time. We got a bidet. You'll be fine. I love a bidet. Yeah. Um, I didn't use your bidet when I was up there. I feel weird come, using someone else's bidet, but I. If, I mean, if it is permission. a little weird, but like, hey, come, 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 do a hot ones with me, and then use my bidet. <laughs> <laughs> there are no barriers between us, Ronnie. No. There's, there's no, there's, there's no walls here. I'm, I, I appreciate that very much. I, I, I am, I am, I am drawn in by that. I am not pushed away. I feel very comfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, go listen to other podcasts. Force Friends rewatch. Fan fiction is good, actually. Uh, listen to Good Neighbors. Um, and uh, what do we, what do we say at the end of these episodes? Fuck Joss Whedon. We're never doing Firefly. Yeah. Also, just fuck Joss Whedon. In also, yeah, fuck Joss like Whedon. Him. He's a bad man. Yeah, He's a dirty like bad man. Except maybe we will do Firefly. <laughs> Ooh, a little cheeky. little cheeky spoiler. Is that a prediction? Ooh, is that a prediction? I've been flirting with the idea on here. People people know this. People who listen know that I've been like, mm, maybe we should do it. I don't want to let him off the hook, you know? Like, yeah. if we just don't do it, I feel like in some way we're... We're like giving him a pass, and sure. I used to love Firefly, and I was like, I'm not going to rewatch it because we might do it for Andy Pendy someday. And I'm like, maybe I feel like I do need to rewatch it, and like be critical of it. Sure, you know, like maybe it needs that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
But fuck Joss Whedon. Fuck Joss Whedon. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. <laughs> All of it. All of it. Yeah. Where they may radio.